Hello and welcome to the Stringer Podcast number 31. It's been a long ass fucking day. There we go, Dill. I'm getting the explicit tag out of the way right in the opening seconds. Uh, as we prepare for the holidays, we recorded a trio of podcasts today, which means my ability to speak has gone out the window. Mike Veerman on the podcast, I don't want to call it a return because last time it was a crossover with the Mike on Much guys. Let's just call it a re-invitation. Mike Veerman, obviously from the great podcast, Mike on Much, that it's going to be a Crave TV show, and it's dropping in just a few days. Midnight, Friday, December 21st. So that's like Thursday night slash Friday morning. At Mike on Much on Twitter and at Mike on Much on Instagram. Did I get that all right, Dylan? I think that's that's correct. Thumbs up? Sure. <laughs> As I, I promised you that I was going to come to you every week for advice, and I wasn't sure what I was going to ask you about until you brought these incredible, delicious cookies into the office today. Was one of them, one of them's definitely chocolate-filled chocolate. Rolo. Rolo-filled chocolate. chocolate cookies, yes. And is the other one like an apple cinnamon? It's No, it's like a snickerdoodle kind of. Cinnamon. Please describe Snickerdoodle to me. I I have no idea. It has cinnamon. 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 Something. Splinanum. <laughs> there's a lot of sugar. There's a lot of <laughs> butter. There's a lot of flour. It's it's a cookie. You obviously made beautiful desserts, but going into the holiday week, you know, or the week before the holidays, what should people be cooking or preparing? You got you know. If you haven't had your Christmas party yet, you have those coming up. You probably have to visit family pretty soon, and they're like, bring something other than cranberry sauce in a can. What would you suggest people make that you've made before, and it's like a staple in the Wilson household? Oh, a staple in the Wilson household. Um, One of my favorite dishes, it's a spaghetti dish called Hell's Kitchen. A spaghetti dish on Christmas. Yes, and I've had it before on Christmas, last Christmas, actually. Uh, It's just... A very good, like hearty spaghetti dish, uh, cream sauce, use vodka in the recipe, which is always <laughs> fantastic. Uh, spicy chicken in the in the recipe, like in the spaghetti. Dylanella vodka. Uh, it's it's delicious. And, you know, you serve up some garlic bread with it. Do you have, like, have you made it? Oh, yeah. So you have a recipe for this? I do. Could you snap, like, a picture of it and we can post it on the Instagram or on on Twitter? I think I could do that. Chef, I almost said Cook Dylan. Don't Cook (laughs) Dylan. Chef Dylan over here. Chef Dylan, I can follow a recipe. A a little bit of Hell's Kitchen for you for the holidays. Between now and Christmas, though, we have one more weekend. And I wanted to kick this off. Do you see what I did there on Friday, Dale? I think we should do it completely. We don't have an event for you Friday. Just stay in. Stay in. Order Crave TV if you don't have it already. If you happen to have the HBO or the TMN uh, bundle in Canada, you just have it automatically. And you can watch Mike on Much in conversation with. Might as well promote a good buddy of the show, right? I mean. Today's guest. He's on the episode. Only makes sense. Delivering insightful interviews, hilarious personal stories, and pointed opinions. Point. It is pointed. I want to say poignant. Let's just and poignant opinions on everything from entertainment to music to pop culture. Crave's new original series, Much Studios presents Mike on Much in conversation with, is hosted by seasoned writer, director, and producer Mike Veerman, Max Kerman, lead singer of the four-time Juno award-winning rock band Arkells, and Juno-nominated director and pop culture aficionado Shane Cunningham. Or if you listen to the last time he was on the show, Shane Cunningham. Each episode of Much Studios presents Mike on Much features long-form interviews candid conversations, and sometimes cringe-worthy comedic segments. You can imagine that's neither Max nor Mike's inclusion, (laughs) but probably Shane's. And uh, if you heard their podcast before, uh, it's fucking hilarious. And I think it's going to go over really, really well, and it's an excellent addition to Crave TV's uh, lineup of original programming. So Friday, December 21st, it drops. Head on over to Crave.ca. It's $9.99 per month, or you can bundle it in if you want HBO or TMN. I'm pretty sure you get a free month if you sign up. So And a free month, that's right, if you sign up. So like, just order it for December, right? And then if you don't want it in January, you can give it back. No hard feelings. Saturday, December 22nd, we got the Headstones at the Danforth Music Hall at 7 p.m. Dill, 
Do you know any Headstone songs? I have no idea. You're lying. I was singing it like five minutes ago. I think we discussed this. The song <laughs> you were singing came out when I was five. So Smile and Wave, being an eight, Edge 102 kid, uh, it was on on repeat. Good old Kingston band, Canadian boys, playing at the Danforth Music Hall, one of the best venues in my opinion, between Danforth and Massey Hall, two of my favorite venues in Toronto. If you want to check out the Headstones on Saturday night, just log into SeatGiant.com, search Headstones or Danforth Music Hall, go down, click Get Tickets. It's nice, it's easy, it's like three clicks away. And if you use promo code STRINGER, you can save yourself a couple dollars off your purchase. And if you're not into the headstones, I don't understand you. We're not going to be friends because Seat Giant has a whole whack of different options for you throughout the holidays, whether it be concerts, sporting events, theater, or other live shows like live comedy, if you're into that kind of thing. And all you have to do is use promo code STRINGER for a couple bucks off your purchase. Finally, Sunday, December 23rd, Home Alone at 9.30 p.m. Dylan, you know what makes this great? We were talking about Home Alone earlier. You've watched it. Yes. Obviously, another quintessential Christmas movie. This is a quote along, which means karaoke style. So you get to talk more. So. <laughs> it's the fact that I can now say the lines before they happen and people can't shit on my face. Like they have to just accept it. <laughs> Hey, it happens sometimes. <laughs> Calling all ladies, gentlemen, and little jerks. It's time to don your ugly Christmas sweater for their fifth annual Home Alone quote along. In true holiday tradition, we're showing, they're showing, I should have rewritten this before I, <laughs> before I decided to share it with you. In true holiday tradition, they're showing it with subtitles, karaoke style, so you can get rowdy and shade, shout out all your favorite lines like, Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. You can scream with Kevin and enjoy some lovely cheese pizza. Keep the change, you filthy animals. That's not fair because isn't that from Home Alone 2 when he's in New York? No, no, that's Home Alone 1. Oh, is it Home yeah, Alone 1? You got to study up if you're going to quote along to this thing. No, they got it. It's karaoke style. I don't have to. It's amazing. They're going to run all the quotes at the bottom of the screen so I can just yell them out five seconds before they happen. Again, that's at the Hot Dogs Ted Rogers Cinema, 9.30 p.m. Tickets start at $13, or if you want to pair your movie with a little bit of alcoholic beverages, they have combos starting at $18. That's only a $5 beer. I'm just going there to drink. (laughs) I'm not even going to watch the movie. I know it already. Meet some new friends, wear an ugly Christmas sweater, Try to get a prize. They didn't say there's prizing, but I'm going to try to get a prize. Drinking on a Sunday. It's great. Drinking on a Sunday. And we don't have to work on Monday because it's Christmas Eve. You're the one who reminded me of that. So you don't even have to wake up early afterwards. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three events for you to round off uh, the Stringer Big Weekend. Is that going to be the last, second last of 2018? We're gonna one, do one more, more weekend right? this year. One more one weekend. One more And guys, if you hate my ideas, I completely get it. I can't make everybody happy. But find your own idea. Explore the city on your own time. Use your mind and head on over to SeatGiant.com and type in and just browse. You don't have to type in anything. Just browse. And if you don't live in Toronto, that's fine too. Because they pride themselves on offering options to all big and small towns throughout North America. Whether it's a concert, sporting event, theater, or live show of any kind, Seat Giant can hook you up and just use promo code STRINGER, not promo code TWITTER, like I've said in the past, promo code STRINGER for a couple dollars off your next purchase. Okay, enough talking, Dill. We're going to head on over. We're going to get into the podcast. Mike Veerman from Mike On Much, he comes by, he tells us crazy stories about the birth of his daughter. The live on stage at JFL 42, the The podcast, the podcast turning into a TV show and Shane Cunningham just being Shane Cunningham. But but before we get that, we bring this song up in the show. Mike and his brother Greg used to be part of a band called San Sebastian. One of my favorite songs by them is the song called Baby. There's no sax in Baby, right? No, 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 there's no. We're going to listen to Baby and then the sax. Thank you. 
I was, I yeah. I saw that. I couldn't believe I I thought I was up early. Like, okay, I'm not good at mornings. Straight up, terrible at mornings. And it was like, I don't know, 7 and I'm awake. And getting ready to leave the house at 8. And I'm like, you're strolling down the street, like, looking all 10s. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I was he like, uh, I just I had to, yeah, I got, I'm not a morning person either. I tend, I lean toward how you're describing it, but my brain doesn't really start working until 11. Mm-hmm. I found it hard to talk on that show today just because it was like, I don't normally talk that early. Mm-hmm. I'm just still sleeping. Mm-hmm. It was good. Completely. Yeah. Having, uh, having a daughter though must, your sleeping schedule must be. Yeah, it's, it's a little whack. I mean, she's been pretty good about sleeping these days mm-hmm. and like her mom does a good job of like sort of like running that ship just because it's like. Once, like, cause like I'm working, so it's like when I'm getting up and all that stuff, like she's good about doing the midnight stuff, but I'll like, I'll change some diapers and stuff. But really it's like, I can't feed the kid cause we're breastfeeding. I've tried. Nothing comes you can up. try. Yeah. Just see what it's like. Exactly. Just to feel, feel wanted. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Needed. Love. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Um, just before, are you good? Like Danica's name and Winona's name? Yeah. being used. Yeah, you can yeah. Do it. okay. Yeah, just totally. you know. You, oh, I know. You yeah. want to give that to everyone? I'm a pretty public insta, so yeah. Yeah, sometimes. Well, I see her all the time, but it's not like this is my daughter's first name. I know. I this know. is her full name. Like you just don't want to do that. Totally. Uh, yeah, to it's people, it's, which is it's completely a consideration, fair, right? Yeah, I appreciate you asking. It's uh, you get to choose your life. I know. Right. I know. And you're. But because I'm one of those dads now that like probably oh, one of those dads. unbearably posting my kid on yeah. social media, I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> fuck. At this point, what am I going to do? So it's been a crazy run. Yeah. Like you, I from, I guess, has it been 10 days now? Eight days you've been on a press tour? Yeah, yeah. They st- Well, they did everything last week because everyone's on vacation for Christmas. This week. This week. So it's like, I'm doing your morning and like some local stuff to be due for, but last week was all like the national, like social and e-talk and all that stuff. Is it weird because I'm guessing with a handful of your guests. Clayton, are we just, are we rolling right now? Mike Veerman on the podcast. <laughs> I want to say welcome. I, I, I didn't know if you were pulling that podcast no, yeah. thing where it's like, oh, we're actually just rolling right now. It's like Dylan gets rolling pretty early. Good. Just, just so we're safe. And then I'll ask a question that I know is safe to ask, but it's not like a hard start. Like, sure. I don't want to like. Welcome to the Stringer Podcast. You're talking process right now. Like, I've got a little. Oh, All I, your listeners, you're showing them how to do the, every, the thing. Everyone has their own process. I think it just it's what makes you feel comfortable. And in a weird way, because we get to create these things, we get to mold it however we want. Yeah, and that's kind of exciting. I like totally. I like doing it. If you remember last time, I don't want to say so. It's weird in my head. Be, again, process. I'm like we called the last one a mic on much crossover. Because you were here with Shane. Yeah. This one is just going to be a straight up Mike Beerman. Yeah. Like you're all alone. So it's like, welcome back, but don't, you're not welcome back because it's your first time, Mike Beerman. <laughs> Getting the one-on-one treatment. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's more fun to do these sort of things with Shane, my, my partner in crime in a lot of ways, or Max. Uh, it's funny, even like kind of preparing for this Crave show when we've been doing press and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Some of it I've done sort of, if they can't do all three of us, mm-hmm. they tend to just go me. Because you what, are Mike. I'm Mike, and it's easier. And you're the one on much. It, I'm, it's true. I am yeah. the namesake. And I guess if you only have like a couple minutes on like a show or something like mm-hmm. that, I guess it's just easier to talk to one person. Right. But I've found that like when we were doing newspapers or anything like that, magazines, interviews, it's so much more fun with the other two guys because you actually you get to riff Interact, exactly, yeah. and it's like it's just more funny. And whereas, I should have you know, I should have booked everyone. Hey, how are they doing? Uh, they're busy guys. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you would have got them. <laughs> <laughs> I called Shane's booking agent. Yes, and he said that you know they said he just moved houses. Totally. So he's not available, and you know Max, I, crazy old Max. I know I can't even get Max on the phone. Exactly. But you and I were having drinks at the Raptors game a couple weeks Thank ago. Thank you for so. that. By the way, you like saved me. Oh, I'll tell you because I had planned to go with someone and I was like okay amazing I'll meet you there he was already going to be in the building and then he's like yo I'm on the draft deck I'm or whatever he had people he was partying with and was like why don't you come to me and I was like no I don't want to watch the game yeah like I don't want to and then I tried to text another friend he's like no man I'm busy and I was like well I still want to go to the game 
And lo and behold, well, no, lo and, I do the thing that all lonely people do, I think. I'm like, are you at the game too? Could this be you over there? And you just spread it over all the people at the Raptors game. I like geotag just yeah. Bank Arena. I'm like, who else is here? Like, Someone's going to respond to me. Help me out here. No, you're like, let's meet up for, for a drink and then and you let me sit with you. And that was fun. Yeah, it was great. It was me It was me and my buddy Sean Dawson, who's a huge Philadelphia 76ers fan. So every year with my sort of partial seasons, my 10 games, I always bring him to the Philly game. And it was great that you joined us, man. We had a couple extra seats there. So. Sean from, uh, as you told me, I didn't San know Sebastian. From San Sebastian. My old band days. Yeah, he was our, our lead guitarist. And he always jokes. He's like, I don't know if you call that lead. But him, him and his brother were both like <laughs> sort of like the lead, kind of like a Strokes type vibe. It was like two sets of brothers. You got it. San Sebastian. He was one of them. He was one of the sets of He was one of the two sets of brothers. Right. That would make sense. <laughs> there was only four of you. There was I'd five imagine. of us in the group. So there was one non-brother, our, our drummer, Teddy. He was, I didn't know that. He has a brother, but that brother was not in our band. Yeah, he wasn't invited. Auditioned, but Excluded. didn't make the cut. Yeah. I, uh, I'm just kidding. His brother's a cop. Baby? Did Baby was one, Baby? Our, was one of our singles. Rich yeah. Is amazing. And so I told you like in passing, I'm like, oh yeah, I cut a video to one of your songs. And you're like, I don't receive any royalties. First of all, <laughs> I- Did I say that? I've yeah, dated. Oh, that's fine. I downloaded songs- from iTunes, whatever's still left, 100% with Greg, your brother, in the room. I'm like, I'm happy to pay you for your music. But it was just between Greg and I. Like, I cut something while I was in Atlanta. I love it. To Baby, because I love ba- I still, I put it on, like, a few days ago here at the office, because I absolutely love that tune. And it is exactly what I would listen to then and still listen to now. Oh, thanks. That one was a fun one. Although we probably should have been better about naming songs because it's hard to Google the song Baby, Baby. and actually like find you know, There's like about a thousand songs called, called that, Baby. including the one by Justin Bieber, which is going to get all of the Google <laughs> hits. So San Sebastian Baby, uh, if you haven't looked up the music video, because it's freaking hilarious. Speaking of Shane Cunningham, uh, him and, it. and Mark Myers. Yeah, they co-directed it. Yeah, it was that was uh, that was a fun one. That was kind of like, uh, yeah, that was it is a good one. Look it up. Those guys obviously went on to direct uh, Knocking at the Door by Arkells and some other ones. So those guys are Juno nominated now. Oh, they didn't win the Juno. Heart, heartbreak, though, at the Juno. Tough loss. This year because, uh, was it you? Someone was someone was <laughs> like Instagram storying it all up until the nominations and then you didn't see it again. And I'm like, oh, this didn't go well. Yeah, the way it kind of works is like, so So Shane Cunningham and Mark Myers were nominated for that video. Mm-hmm. Arkells were nominated for actual Juno's. So they were all kind of going out there anyway to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to go, but then Max is like, you should come because we'll do a bunch of interviews for the podcast. I was like, great. But what happens is when I got there, but as like just kind of a tag along that's just trying to score interviews, I'm not, I don't have any official invites to anything. And so that, <laughs> that awards night was like this like super fancy dinner that they do and you have to be invited and people wear blazers and it's like this really nice, <laughs> do the night before the Junos. But I'm like the only like clown without a ticket. Last minute, uh, mutual friend Adam Birchall, the nut, if you listen to the Michael Much podcast, is like... I'll get you at a table. He sticks me at like, Don't worry. yeah, he sticks me at like uh, the live nation or ticket master table or something like that. I'm like, I can make hey, friends. Guys, I'm in. Exactly. 100%. Exactly. They're like, who are you? I'm like, hi, I'm Mike. I only have an audience of nine. This yeah. is actually easy. This is the best. Yeah. So, but I'm at the back. There's like a thousand people there. And so I'm kind of filming their Kel's table. I'm filming Shane and, and Mark's table. And we're getting closer and closer to the award. And I was trying to build suspense for our, our, you know, people that have been following our podcast and watching on our Instagram. And then when it got to the point where they, <laughs> Grimes beat them actually. Oh. Yeah. The heartbreaker. So, and then we just, I think the filming stopped and we all just got drunk. <laughs> You're like, now it's time to party. And forget yeah, our just drown our sorrows. But uh, that was a great video. It's been so much fun over the last year. I told you, and I was so sincere when you came on last time that I sincerely enjoyed the podcast and I look up to you guys as in a way being our Toronto Trailblazers, right? Because you have that real pop culture connection that I think a lot of people search for and 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 try to seek out you know, out of next level interviews. Like we have our five minute junket interviews. Yeah. But then you look for a little more depth and a little more storytelling. And in the podcast world, I feel you were, it at least appears to me that you were one of our first. And that becomes really exciting. Yeah, we were, I mean, we were lucky. Honestly, like any of these types of things, because lots of people have podcasts and you're doing a great podcast and so many people, but it's about like Uh-oh, access. Stop. It's true though. It's, no, it's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> go on. Uh, it's about access to guests. And right. honestly, that's like, if I can say anything, like not only getting the opportunity to sort of like grow and build this podcast through much in Bell Media, it's like they, they're kind of the the, the the king of the castle. They get you the, the access, you know? Right. And after you sort of prove yourself with a couple, then people are willing to sort of like sit down with you. And I can get to those longer form interviews and those 
those stories that you talk about. And yeah, if that's what people are like getting out of it, like that's what we always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And we've been lucky that we were given the opportunity to do it. And then hopefully we, we handled it uh, well because with access, you know. The last year has been outstanding. So if I were to kind of catalog, you did your first live show a little over a year ago. That's right. Just I around uh, January. So January, just at, under a year ago. At actually. the Riv. At the Riv, sold out. Then secretly you started filming the show, I guess over the summer. Yeah. And then you had JFL 42. That that was in, yeah, that one was in September. We did a live show at JFL 42. Yeah. So you had that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you both decided you wanted to have kids at the same time. Uh, <laughs> amazing. But also the fuck were you thinking? Like someone didn't write this in a calendar. No, it was insanity. Like it, when you're, okay. So like the Crave show, like actually like when Crave, when, when they came to us and they were like, Hey, we want to make the podcast into a mm-hmm. TV show. We're thinking this like eight episodes for like, you know, streaming service. We're like, that's amazing. Like, mm-hmm. let's start developing it. Let's talk about how we're going to do this. You, we didn't really like, that was loose. You know, that was probably like, I don't know, spring or something. Like I remember around like the, the finals maybe or the, the NBA playoffs. That's how I mark all times <laughs> NBA uh, calendar. Regular season before, exactly. after, all-star. Yeah, it, yeah. it was like- In playoffs, in finals? <laughs> it was like- Was I wearing shorts? Uh, yeah, exactly. That's it. I, although I never really wear shorts. So you know how people can't wait until the, the, the weather turns mm-hmm. and then they're coming to the office in shorts, but it's like, dude, it's like March. Anyway, so- And that was also weird it's tangent. an office. And also it's an office. <laughs> Who do you think you are, LeBron hey, James? Creative work, bro. <laughs> <laughs> wear the Crocs. Uh, so we uh, <laughs> we- uh, uh, when we decided to do the show or start developing it, we didn't know, oh, we're going to shoot it in October and that would be within the two weeks that my baby was due. Shane has a six month old Max, his album, Arkell's album, Rally Cry come out and he was doing press for that and he was leaving for tour. Basically there was this short window where all three of us could shoot it. Uh, but it also happened to coincide with like the, the most sort of like insane and busy times in our lives. We're still pumping out audio podcasts mm-hmm. and running around doing these long form interviews with the, the guests that we've had, which were amazing, are amazing. And and then Shane doing his insane digital desserts, which are irreverent and uncomfortable and hilarious. And uh, you know what? I showed you a preview. You did. You did. Yes. And and I was going to get to it that the show. I, I You've feel, seen stuff. I forgot. I, I was showing you some of the stuff in the I, game. I feel so lucky because this is literally in the spot I'm in right now. If I could do this every week for the rest of my life, I'd be a happy man. Where I've seen something no one else has seen. I've laughed <laughs> over it with someone else no one else knows. And then we get to sit here and talk about it a couple days before it's released. Yeah. Like this is my life goal <laughs> right here. And you're bringing it to me. So I appreciate that. Shane is friggin' hilarious. You saw the one with uh, Chris, Chris Red, Red from Saturday Night Live, yeah. And Shane's commitment to it, and that's everything. Hundred percent is that as soon as you have, as soon as someone starts asking the question, I believe there's a certain human piece of you that says, "Oh no, I just want to let them know that this is a bit," or "I'm just joking." And then he just boom doubles down, and then Chris comedic genius that he is is like oh no i totally get what this is i'm gonna play along um i'm gonna play along and we're gonna we're gonna go through this journey together and make it so much more better like so much better so much more better not real words <laughs> but it's okay go with it uh go with it just roll with pretend it pretend you're chris red exactly yeah. that's what you have to do and it comes out way funnier I didn't expect the end at all. I don't want to spoil. We shouldn't spoil. No, it. but it, you're giving a great, a hell of a tease right now. Because so. we're days away from it being released on Crave TV. Subscribe, on people, if you want to see subscribe. it. Subscribe. Thankfully, if you already have an HBO subscription or TMN subscription, you got it. Uh, you get it already, which I was really happy about. <laughs> and if people TMN. don't, I think that you get your first month free. So get, oh, buy it for your first month. Dummy. Watch our eight episodes. Twice. Watch some Letter Kenny, and then you know, Three times. shut it down if you don't want to pay the you ten bucks a month. I suggest that you watch it once a day or even if you're not watching it, put it on and walk out of the room. Yeah, we'll like, take the just streams. Let, just let it play. This is the kind of stuff we need. I also want to bring up Pedestal Podcast, which oh, yeah, I yeah. texted you about when it dropped. I was like, oh my goodness, this has been in my head. We've been trying to workshop something <laughs> just like it. It's brilliant and genius. Like it, the first season was 10 episodes. That's right, yeah. And you go through... 10 that most, I, I believe, in our generation would put as all-time classics. Yeah, something uh, that uh, sort of like a, the common consensus that these movies belong on a pedestal. Of all varying genres. Like yeah. you go from Jaws to Dumb and Dumber. 
Yeah, Blair Witch. Blair Witch. Coming to America. We jump all Planes, over the place. Trains, no, uh, Airplane. Airplane, yeah. I was like, yeah, Plane, yeah. Trains, and Automobiles. I'm like, no, that's my list. That's okay. <laughs> that's a good one. Season two. Yeah. You can totally roll into it. We've, we start, so it's funny that you mentioned the pedestal because uh, one, I actually, if you listen to the, 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 I had trouble saying the word pedestal. I kept saying pedestal. What did you just say? Yeah. What? Pedestal. I'm like, pedestal. No, and I'm like, pedestal. oh God, I have a, I have a speech uh, inflictment here. Uh, so the anyway. The best part is that you're giving it a poop reference. Honestly. Which I think makes it so yeah. much. Better. Appropriate for Dumb and Dumber, maybe not for Star <laughs> Trek for the voyage home. But uh, the pedestal, uh, which I've had to practice a lot, uh, was also another kind of thing where that was like really a Shane and John thing. And I kind of just was like, I want to do it. Sounds fun. But again, it's like just throwing things on the plate. But I think with guys like us that, you know, do creative work and what, what you're doing with this podcast and what, what other people do is like, if it seems like fun. I want to do it. I'll find time for it. You know what I mean? So that was a great example of like, yeah, I can watch a movie once a week and then get together with you guys and talk about it for an hour. It ended up being really fun. And I love that the fact that you guys explored releasing it all at once. Yeah. Which is definitely different than the Mike on Much model. Well, the thing that we found with the pod, the Mike on Much podcast is we've done 100, 100, episode 120 came out this week. And we found that so many people like jumped in at 80 or 91 or like 110. They're like, oh my God, you have Reggie Watts week and then they've gone back and people are like oh I just went back to episode one and if you go back to that like two two years ago two and a half years ago almost three years ago like Shane single you know yeah. he, he as our pop culture aficionado <laughs> and I'm doing air quotes with that Max and I were like we just need to have him on he'll review a movie or, or, or maybe a song or an album or something and he's maybe done that in 120 episodes like three times I know he, he did the Backstreet Boys documentary but what he did was almost from the start he just came on we're like so what are you watching and he's like well I didn't really get around to watching anything but I went on this tinder date <laughs> And then he would just share the mo- the best stories and we would just laugh our asses off. And he's pissed because his Tinder date brought him to Earl's and then he was like, do I get the bill? This is like a hundred dollar bill for like four drinks. Like what the fuck is Earl's charging for drinks? So he was just so funny. And then you saw through the progression, he meets his wife and mm-hmm. then settles down. But people that go back are like, wait a second, this guy, you know, they is listen to those, what? Yeah, yeah, they, they listen to those first like, you know, 35 episodes and it's just like, a, it's 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 a, a tornado in the best way. It's been a formally a, a Macho Bell podcast from the beginning. Yep, you got it. But there's a whole ton of episodes that are recorded like at Max's place or at your place Always. or uh, like just out of a regular quote unquote studio environment, Yeah, uh, which is a lot of fun as well. And then you get start giggling. You're like, oh, this happened right before we turned on the thing. Yeah. Or uh, Adam Burchill is on in a handful of episodes. Totally. I was fortunate to work with for several years. It kind of adds the atmosphere and environment of it all. And it gives it dimension. And that you add that on to already an established relationship between the three of you. And then you add on, wow, you just keep adding on. Then you add on like a, the the interviews oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. you're able to get and the act as you mentioned before and then you add on Shane's bits my question is how do they not give you a TV show a year ago <laughs> this is stinking ridiculous <laughs> well you just gotta you know timing is everything and ultimately it's like the, the timing was right for this and for Crave and for streaming and um, Justin Stockman who works uh, he's like the vice president of all of uh, like pay television and everything mm-hmm. he's a guy that uh, we call him the pod father because he was like when I started in the industry like you know four hours a day as a unit assistant fetching coffees labeling tapes he was just a producer like mm-hmm. a, a promo producer and like I think that's really the importance of building relationships in any sort of like creative industry like that or I guess any industry creative or not it's like he's a real sort of mentor to to me, but as he rose through the ranks and you know left uh, the department that we worked in and sort of shot to, to the top, when Max and myself and Shane were creating this podcast initially a couple of years, a few years ago now, you know he's someone we went to and we're like, is this something that you guys would be interested in doing with us? And because he was sort of like somebody that I'd worked with and he sort of like shepherded me through, it was this great sort of connection. And then that leads to that, and then he becomes a guy that's directly sort of running Crave in a lot of ways, and it's like. It all it all works out, but honestly, it's timing and uh, being lucky. Again, we come back to timing, in which we've already indicated timing seemed to be crazy. Well, in follow this year. This like, thing. Everything's timing. Uh, <laughs> we didn't time it this year. Well, this is the other thing is like you can't be precious. It's right. like so. It's like what am I going to be like? Oh, I've got a kid on the way. We we can't do it until no, the new year. Completely. It's like you just got to say yes and roll. And it's like ask for forgiveness later. It's yeah. like you know what I mean. It's like yeah, I'm going to be running around shooting these eight episodes. And luckily, you know, Shane and I both have partners and like in our wives that are super understanding. They know how much it means to us. But yeah, like some people would get weird about it or like, I'm, you know, I can't I can't make that happen at this time. Mm-hmm. Our philosophy has always been like, if it sounds cool, say yes and figure out the rest later. I told you the story when we met up after the Raptors game or during the Raptors game. Your brother Greg and I are friends. Yeah. And that's he, how we met. He told that's how we met. And yeah. he told me almost 
or not right as soon as it was public i think he told me he's like hey mike's having a kid i'm gonna be an uncle this is so exciting oh cool and, uh, and i was really happy and i think i sent you a note and whatever you kind of follow it as it goes along but i was away catching up on podcasts and when i heard the story of everything that went down the day your daughter was born oh yeah and and you were good enough to share it on your podcast but it's a powerful everything we deal in in storytelling is about power and emotion and overcoming adversity and i'm like this could almost make a movie what you went through do you do you mind going through an abbreviated version of how that day went down because with everything on your plate this is just you you kind of decided to take it to not you decided but like kind of took it to 12 in what is one of the most precious days of your life yeah it was it was it was crazy and telling that story on our podcast was like you know cuz my my wife is like she's she's much more sort of private than like I have a podcast and I choose to sort of be public in some ways. She doesn't. So I asked her before, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to tell this story because it was such sort of a, you know, harrowing experience for both of us. But essentially like uh, we went like midwife and not to get into the sort of the, the specifics of, of how your birth plan, well, you can do an OB, you can do a family doctor, you can do, you know, all, or you do like a midwife. And mm-hmm. so we've done a midwife all the way, but what that means is you can either give birth like in your home or in a t- all sorts of alternative mm-hmm. sort of ways to do it. But we chose to do it in a hospital, but really in in the room when it all started to go down when it was like go time it was just two midwives uh my wife uh and myself and it just starts to happen and basically what i talked about on the podcast is after my daughter was born our daughter was born um <laughs> my <laughs> my daughter. kid she's mine yeah. she's mine all mine you can have her sometimes i guess <laughs> yeah. when i let go when i go to work yeah you can hold her when i go to work uh <laughs> So yeah, when right after our daughter was born, we were sort of like elated and, and in these like, you know, exactly as you think it would be and imagine it would be these moments of ecstasy. But sort of what, what we didn't quite realize at first was that there was just a lot of bleeding mm-hmm. and I sort of became hyper aware of that within a few minutes. I was like, this is a lot. And I, I like, I'm not like some like master at reading people, but I could just tell the vibe in the room was changing, like with the midwives. More serious. Exactly. But yeah. also... Danica, my wife was like, kind of like she hadn't caught on yet and she was still just kind of holding the baby and we're having these moments. But anyway, uh, long story long, we just, it got really, really, really sort of, um, dicey, uh, for a minute where then all of a sudden the, the OB on call had to, to come in and a bunch of nurses rushed in and basically there was like a, there was like some hemorrhaging and there was sort of like a, a stretch there of like, you know, in real time it was probably like 10 minutes, mm-hmm. but where it was like, she's losing blood, let's get her fluids. And she started to go pale. And anyway, the, the, the sort of most, um, difficult thoughts go through your mind in those moments when you sort of like picture the, the, the multitude of outcomes and mm-hmm. the worst one sort of jumps in there and you go, am I walking out of here without a wife? And I, I essentially s- shared that story on my podcast sort of from start to finish in the journey. And, and ultimately that the fine people at St. Joe's here in Toronto, you know, they, 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 they had their shit together and she was good. So having the, the fact that you had a kid is powerful. Like anyone bringing life into this world, I think is incredible. All credit and, to my wife and, and magic. Yeah. But when you talked about going home and you said that we didn't even really talk about it for a couple yeah. of days. And that was so real for me because if anything happens, like if the smallest thing happens to me, I don't want to like run over and call my friend and be like, you don't, you wouldn't believe what happened. I crashed my car or whatever. Like you don't want to talk about it. Exactly. It's freaky and it's real and you, you have to let it fade a little bit. And that little point, I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, of course you wouldn't. I don't know what my point was with this. It's just, I respect you a lot and how that, <laughs> the fact that you told the story yeah. and, and, and how it all came out and obviously more than happy that it went, it ended for the better, but that just kind of gives you like there's another it becomes like another slide of life experience that I imagine goes into your life and being able to relate to people you meet or guests that you have. Yeah, exactly. How is my life changing? What is my responsibility? Mm-hmm. What does my life look like now? Am I going to have time to do the things that I want to do? How can I be a responsible dad, but also sort of like chase these goals and dreams that I have? All of those things enter your mind. How am I? How can I be a great partner to my my wife my and wife. Yeah. all of those things Supportive and be a good and- dad and also a great partner to Shane and Max right. and you know. And also, you know, like my day job, I've got an amazing creative director and it's like, I have a lot of things going on all the time that like, 
I, I, I have this sort of immense fear of letting people down. Mm-hmm. I hate the thought of letting people down. And my wife's always like, you, you don't say no to things. Like you don't. And she's like, there's power in no. And it's okay to say no sometimes. I'm like, but I, I don't know if it's just like, I don't, it's like, I don't want people to not no. like yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always want to support others. First of all, thank you for not saying no today. No, I how could I? It. Yeah. Holy smokes. I? And you do a great podcast, man. <laughs> in the development process, like you had run the podcast for a couple of years already when you knew you were developing it for TV. Yeah. Did they have suggestions as to how they wanted you to fine tune it or change it for, for television? Yeah. Well, this comes back to like the idea that our point of contact or like our guy, the podfather, Justin Stockman mm-hmm. is somebody that like, we respect his voice. He listens to every audio pod before they go out. Mostly to be like, I want to make sure you and Shane don't get yourselves fired, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and he's sort of like the last line of approval. So he was the guy that, you know, at a lunch was like, what do you think about doing this? you know Mm -hmm. and yeah he had suggestions and he was like I think that it can still live with the same format as the show Um, and then we kind of like went to the drawing board like how can we make this more visual because Mm -hmm. if it's just guys sitting around doing like the sort of thing where you see like it's like a camera in the corner and it's like a TSN radio it's like we can't be that we want it to be like a variety show or a talk show we're going to do it Um, Shane uh, to his credit was like how can because Shane's power is in like his storytelling and his authenticity and it's like he will share stuff that other people would never share I mean hell like after his wife gave uh, birth he drank breast milk on the air from her boob calling in it, it, was, it was outrageous but it was so sort of Shane just doing something out of left field and you guys didn't get shut down for that somehow that made it through I don't know when he started doing it because he because this is how he presented it he called in because he was kind of he was take, raising his kid in those first couple weeks so he would call into the podcast and he was like I'm going to try breast milk for the first time I'm like okay I get it you know it makes sense whatever how it goes. we think he's going to drink it out of a cup yeah. but then he's like okay are you guys ready we're like what and then we're just like so we're listening we get the headphones in and he's calling it from Hamilton he's like we're going what are you doing he's like let's, let's try the other one it was fucking nuts but uh, are we allowed to swear on this one yeah yeah and uh he uh he uh so anyway (laughs) how can you make he he was thinking how can i do something that's more visual for the show and that's how we got to the digital desserts that's very visual exactly you need it you can't listen to it that visual (laughs) we're good yeah exactly yeah no there's no breast milk uh, drinking in Uh, in the eight episodes i don't know if that's a deterrent or (laughs) i don't know if that's a positive or a negative but some of the guests Featured Sting, Alessia Cara. Yeah. Uh, Lights, Leon Bridges, Jodie Whittaker, who is Doctor Who. Um, the new Doctor Who, which is extremely exciting. Yeah, she's First great. of all, there's been a female Doctor. I know. Which is amazing for damn the time. series. And she's badass. She's great. Like, she is so badass on the show. I just watched the premiere before I talked to her. And I'm, I am a Doctor Who fan. I'm a David Tennant man, uh, as far as the Doctor yes. that I prefer the most. But when I saw her premiere, I was like, wow, she's great so i was like excited because you don't know because if she wasn't i gotta go in there and act like she's great you yeah, know what yeah. i mean oh i absolutely loved you That's and well, you develop yeah, you really well i kind of have like a rule like personally that is i won't i won't speak negatively about something like i try to always hmm. find something positive to say so if i went into an interview with her and i didn't think she was good as the doctor I wouldn't be like, you're amazing as the doctor. I'm not going to lie. Right. But I also won't say you're not good as the doctor. No. I would just be like, it's amazing that you are the new Doctor Who. Completely. Or you find That's a true statement. Or you just find the truth into something like exactly. your wardrobe department's unbelievable. What's like working with them every single day? You got it. But I won't be like, you are phenomenal. That being said, she's fucking phenomenal as the doctor. Yes. She's great. So yes. I'm saying it's nice though when you go into something like that and you're like- you know, this is awesome. I got to say the wardrobe department for Mike on much is just fantastic. Hey, <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh yeah, that's uh Katie. Katie's uh, the, the, the uh, stylist and she got her an amazing rack cooking and we just kept on, uh, cause basically the rule was if you, if you wear it on air, you get to keep it. No way. Yeah. So oh. I, I picked like coats that I would wear. This is, I'm actually wearing a denim coat from top man that they, fantastic. they gave me for the show. Uh, Shane picked solely based on price tag. So in, <laughs> so in one of the episodes, <laughs> He just would go through the rack and there was a sweater that was like, I think $300. And he goes, yep. And he just fucking, he rips the tag off and throws it on. He'd be talking about it on the show. Like, he's like, yeah, this shirt, this shirt's yeah. like $300. That's what I'm going to wear. Max is like, that one? He's like, yep. <laughs> We're like, wow. What was really nice, uh, one of your recent podcasts, the Reggie Watts podcast. Yeah. First of all, thank you. Because I was, we were out 
of the country on a job when that happened. And I couldn't, I was, I think I was getting off the plane that day or something. It wasn't going to work. And I've been waiting. I'm like, ah. this is recorded. I know it's recorded. They got to put it on at some point. So Mike on Mutt's Reggie Watts episode, everyone listened to it. You do it a little bit backwards because you come in. <laughs> You come in with your regular intro, the three of you just, you know, catching up and sitting around. Then you go to the interview. Then you go to the original There's intro. a story there. Basically, we recorded a proper podcast. I'm not going to get into the story, but basically, I will just say as a tease for the listeners. There is a story there. Well, I'm glad that you noticed that because, so we do our regular open, yep. then we throw to Reggie, and then we had a dessert. Yes. We recorded a dessert. It was problematic for certain reasons, so we had to kill that dessert, yes. and we needed to get together to record another dessert. Uh, people are lost in the minutiae. <laughs> Why do you keep saying dessert? Yeah. Uh, Am I getting some for tea? Yeah, exactly. This sounds delicious. So Cherry what, cheesecake. That was Shane being like, how about we address what happened in the live show? And then we ended up rolling the opening of the live show. So you kind of get two openings in a weird way, and then it's like, let's get to Reggie Watts at the end of the episode after you've heard. So it is a little bit of like a, a, a unique and odd episode in its construction, but it's because uh, there was a, a dessert that couldn't go there. What made that one special, I think, is first of all, friend and trusted producer Max Kerman. Um, oh, yeah. Admitting he thought he bombed a little bit. Oh, yeah. Right with that. With, with He's reading tweets. He's kind of going through his history of tweets. and who Oh, it was to. so half-baked. But I thought it in it is something beautiful is the fact that there's all these people that have connections from like eight years or six oh, years ago. Oh, I see ago. what you're saying. You liked the bit that he was reading these tweets from the past A hundred percent because yeah. you're like, oh, and then this person works on Webby D. Yeah. Right? Works on the show with you guys. Yeah. Oh, and this person... Uh, whose best friend like lives in my place. She also works on the show. And so I thought I'd address that for a second. Yeah. We talked about the Champagne Boys last time you were here. <laughs> yeah. And just this the, the, this friend group that has kind of grown up and matured and, and went into adulthood together. Absolutely, yeah. But then you find a way in this new endeavor of the podcast, now a show, to bring in all these other people that have kind of been around you you knew it. It was like 2009. You're sitting like wherever and you're like, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I wish I was that calculated. I'd probably be like, if, if I had that kind of foresight, it, who knows what I would have accomplished by now. Honestly, like, it's just like, I love hanging out with Max and Shane and all of those other people. And so when we started doing the pod, we were just going to, we always want to be authentic. So we just talk about things that are funny to us and our friends are funny mm -hmm. to us. And it's like, if Dan Crothers, Webby D, Webmaster Dan is like in the room, we're going to acknowledge that he's in the room. Like, and this is what I love about Max is Max is like, he's like the Twitter bit didn't do what it was supposed to do at the live show. And he acknowledges it. But you listening to that, you sort of, you pulled something out of that. So 100%. it was, it was, and it was a great idea. I thought I just like, it was a classic Kerman. He thought of it at 11 the night before having a couple beers. I got the greatest idea. Well, because Guys, he, I'm good. He succeeds at everything. <laughs> so why wouldn't that work? You know what I mean? Why wouldn't he roll in a little hungover and be like, going to read some tweets gang. You ready? The whole live show, you know, like at the second city there, me and Shader just look at each other as he's it's going like, through. Are the, you ready for this? I didn't hear about this. Are you hear this? Yeah, I didn't hear about this. Totally. Okay, let him go. We'll see. But it, it's ultimately fine. And just because our last show the, I'm not gonna say we have some like impossible standard to meet but we do have like a high standard of like what we planned and yeah. Shane had actually painstakingly planned out a bit and Max is like don't worry I got this no. opening you don't gotta do anything and then it's like he, he we're like okay the opening's 15 minutes he's like I got it he raps in like four minutes four, now we like gotta tap dance for the next <laughs> 10 fucking minutes but it's great and I love it and that's like you know that I love that Max takes those chances and he's endearingly like always gonna go for things like that and Shane is always gonna have like a He's going to overprepare and mm -hmm. be neurotic about those things, you know, and, and he felt like he was left. He was off the hook. Yeah, exactly. He was like, oh, relief. he's he's got it. Oh, no, I'm fine. I don't have to do anything. And then you end up having to perform yeah. that bit. You kind of thought you were off the hook. And I for. thought it was great, too, because no. he told the story about us doing improv. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was, it, it's good times. But uh, yeah, that, that was uh, <laughs> he killed it and you didn't. The improv story is great. I'm sorry. Oh, totally. All I want to do here is like. I know. I feel like, like for your listeners, we're just referencing. It's like talking about a movie no one's seen. It's like, Completely. and then that part, and then that part, when that part happened, it's like. Uh, they're going to love the next part then. Okay. I'm on season seven right now of TNG. So last time, <laughs> last time you're in, first of all, we got death stares and blank looks from your brother and Shane. Yeah, I know. Uh, because it wasn't really their thing. I think I was on season five at the time of TNG. Yep. I then. Finished through season seven. I then went all through Voyager and then I went all through TNG again and I'm now on seven because I have a life. Uh, <laughs> work. Apparently not. There's uh, uh, a Twitter handle called, I think it's called 
Picard advice, Picard. Oh, Picard management tips. Picard management tips. I follow that. It. I just found the other it's day, great. and I'm going through it. And I'm like, this is hilarious because you do this funny thing in your head where you just listen, you hear his voice every time you read yeah. it. So I do this really weird thing while I'm watching. I'm like, yes, next time we have a board re- meeting, I total or like a, a team meeting, I totally want to handle it the way they just did in the observation line. Like, do you ever do these really weird things where you're like, I think I can learn something from him? All the time. I I, I think Picard's fantastic. Like, the thing I love about Star Trek The Next Generation and, and Jean-Luc Picard in particular is that the show is all about, like... Um, it's about nonviolent conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. It's like they're presented with a problem that they need to solve. And instead of like Star Wars or, you know, they don't blow things up. Mm-hmm. Picard usually has to find like a diplomatic way that he can get out of whatever sort of conflict he has, like um, so that the 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 other party feels good, mm-hmm. so that the Enterprise gets what's best. And the way that he manages things, I'm just like, he's a savvy operator. I'm like, I love it. Like he thinks things through. He also has principles. You know, he's also got authority, mm-hmm. but he can also sort of like have empathy and all those things. There's actually a really funny clip uh, on that Picard management tips where they're like uh, this is how senior management works and there's a Borg and it like shows up and it's messing with the computer and so it's uh, it's Picard Worf and then like a security officer and uh, so the Borg turns toward Picard and like the Borg's like menacing like he might do something and Picard goes Mr. Wolf and then Worf goes Ensign and then Ensign runs towards the Borg and then gets slammed and they're like this is exactly how senior management works and the, the poor Ensign is the one that gets slaughtered by the Borg senior director yeah Coordinator. <laughs> they just keep going down That's the a, line. Yeah, like yeah. Worf, he said for you to deal with it, and Worf sent the most junior guy to get annihilated. Have you seen uh Worf of Starfleet? No. It's a tra- oh my goodness. I'll send it to you. It's like a mashup type thing. Look it up. Uh, I suggest anyone well, I will post it on Instagram or on, on Twitter. It's amazing. It is basically the, the Wolf of Wall Street trailer cut to Worf clips from TNG. It's Unbelievable! It made me so happy. We it went made its rounds when uh, when we were doing the shows at, at at MLSE, and we'd all die. It'd be like two in the morning, and you're editing out of your mind, <laughs> and you're just crying. You're like, finally, some relief. Well, because we're in the holidays, uh, make it so we'll be making the rounds to let it snow. <laughs> you know, they, they've done like the Picard uh, mashup where he's like, make, make it, it so, make it so, make it so. Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> that always makes the holiday rounds. Uh, there's also a really good uh, honest trailer for Star Trek that slays me. Have you ever seen that one? I haven't. I was oh just, my god! Uh, we'll watch it after this. The boys, the boys did a, a holiday party on Saturday, and I had never heard of honest trailers before that. What? I know, I know Cinema Sins, but I don't know honest trailers. Yeah. And so they that do a good was, job. As yes, they do a very good job. And as the night got later and drinks got stiffer, yeah. uh, we laugh more and more and more. Absolutely. But yeah, I just I'm like two days into my my my, my discovery of honest trailers. Well, you're in for a treat, my friend. What was the editing process like for you guys? Because I remember we were exchanging notes back and forth, and you had said it was late nights. Uh, Shane's talking about like. He's midnight, 1 a.m. He's getting out of work. He's back, you know, early in the morning. So Shane's stuff is is so intense because I think a lot of the comedy is found in the edit. So he so the stuff that Shane's editing are there it really is sort of like an art form and you want to play with it because it's like an edit that might look great the first time you cut it. You give it 24 hours and you go, oh, I'm going to change that, that, and that. Or you show a couple people. So that ends up being a really taxing process that he definitely had to go through. Um, I was cutting the studio stuff. And, and the, the truth is, I also want to say, not that I think anyone will, you know, is m- sort of uh, tracking my words on this, but there were like editors that would do like sort of like assembly edits or line yep. edits or, or like other parts of the show where they were sort of more intense and give edits. And then they would send us the cuts. Right. And then because we are like editors by trade, we would go into the system and and we would sort of adjust things how we just like little things like we like our pacing to move a little bit faster, say right. that they go, we want to go a little slower. We're like, we need to punch in. If Shane makes a joke here or Max says something really funny here or I'm laughing, like we need to go to the tights on those little choices like that. We're very um, finicky about. We held very, it close to the chest. We did. That's we were saying in the biz. It's our it's our baby, you know. So it's like even though I'm sure we were annoying as hell to to some of the editors, and they were great by the way. Christine and Jesse were, were two of the editors at Bell Media that, that did amazing work on the thing. Whoop, whoop. Like I cut, I, like yeah, like I cut my own interviews and then it would mm-hmm. go back, like because. It is ours, and we might only ever get eight. So it's like, and one, and one day in a decade from now, and I look back on it, I want to be like, 
if I don't like a choice, I can be like, I made that choice at least. I sometimes admire those who were never editors by trade. Yeah. Because they can just have that relationship. Just walk away. And, and, and walk away from it. But if you can do it, and if you see something that's just more to your style, if nothing else. Totally. And, and the creation of your own thing, a podcast for a couple of years, all these interviews, every joke, all these things. It's an expression of yourself, and it always has been. And so you kind of want to have that. If you're going to put it out in the world, you want it to be at least a good reflection of, of of how you see it. We also think that like little tiny decisions add up to big stuff. So like, for instance, like there might be in the first two minutes, something might be said. And it's like, oh, it's like that literally just needs to be like a second more on Shane laughing at this comment that Max right. made. And it's like. In a vacuum, you go, really? Like, is anyone going to, like, it doesn't really matter. And you say a second, the truth is it's really like seven frames. Exactly. We, we always say a second so it sounds better than it is. Sure. But it's just holding it just a touch, just to land. And it's the thing is, it's like, if you do that for every minute of a 12-minute open, by the end of the 12 minutes, hopefully it adds up to like this, wow, that felt great. Yeah. And you might not even know why it felt great. And by the way, like, also, like, I concede that maybe we're crazy and like I'm like maybe it doesn't matter and it'd be totally fine the way that it was you know I don't know all I know is that like you can as an editor you know you mm -hmm. can just you can see all those little tiny choices mm -hmm. and by the way I will say this too like those editors uh, Christine and Jesse they they really started to figure out us after those first few like because it was like we get the sequences send them back and they're like oh we get what they're doing here what mm -hmm. they're going for here and they don't necessarily, you know, you want to go to the wides, but it's like, and if we're all three of us are laughing uproariously, go to the wide, but then go to a tight. Like, I want to see the joy on Max's face, you know? Anyway. Did you learn a lot about your own brand of comedy? Well, watch, like, you listened <laughs> to yourself, no doubt, through the podcast. Yeah. But did you learn much about your own brand of comedy and, and, and things you do well and things that you're going to continue to, to work on? The good thing is that because we've done, like, 120 episodes of the, the, thing, the podcast, we know how the three of us know how to talk to each other and we know how to like listen and we know how to like let the other guy get his joke off or if they're if we're sort of going somewhere a little more serious people know like the three of us can shift and move with each other kind of like anything like a band or like uh, you know people that have, that have done it enough together mm -hmm. so that when we were doing the show it's like okay like Shane's leading toward a punchline here or Max is going somewhere here or Max is telling a story, but he's been going a little long. Shane's going to hit him with something here. Like uh, there's a, a joke in one of the episodes where Max tells a story about going to see uh, Rooney when he was younger and he had uh, paper towels in his ears. And then uh, so he thought that one of them fell out and, uh, and then he went home and his, something was wrong with his ear. And he finally goes to the ear doctor. and The doctor's like, yeah, you still have a piece of paper towel in his ear. But he took like four minutes to tell the story. And then Shane goes, there's the sixth sense. And then there's the end of that story. <laughs> He's like, of course we knew it was going to be the paper towel in your ear. But like Duh. something like that was so funny. But also Max's story was good. Like yeah. it, it had all the ebbs and flows and it was just like, but it's like you, you can, you can feel something like that happening. And there's so many moments like that in the eight episodes. Uh, so it's like, it's not like we go in being like, okay, this here, this is going to be the joke. This is going to be the setup. It can't be that structured because then it won't feel real. It'll feel like bullshit. So it's like, we don't know what the three of us are going to say, mm -hmm. but we know each other enough just from like drinking in pubs and mm -hmm. making each other laugh that hopefully that that comes across in the show. Like people seem to, to, to say it does in, in the podcast. It's just the camaraderie and the friendship and the laughs. Do you find a weird, uh, balance between obviously preparation and then just letting things roll? Yep. It's yeah. tiff. It's difficult because there's, you think two things you think like, so for instance, like when I'm interviewing Noel Gallagher, like I prep like crazy. And then when I'm like, okay, well we're doing a TV show and we actually had to find the right balance because for those first few episodes, I'm like, we're not prepping enough. Like we need to have some production meetings, you know? And then, so then we're trying to kind of like do these pre-planned stories, but then we found that they didn't work. And then it's like, no, 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 we got to like readjust here mm -hmm. and just let it run like the pod. Like meaning like, let's pick a topic, say something like, you know, people you looked like people that people that say you look like somebody. So Max just kind of threw that out. You start rolling with it and then you start, now you're just making jokes, you know, like now you're just literally like cutting to things yeah. and all of that. And then it's like, Oh, I know what we're in now. Yeah. Whereas like if we prep for it, you're almost waiting to try and get a joke off. It's kind right. of like that improv story Shane told, like if you go into it, like waiting to try and score your laughs, the, the opportunity is never going to come or 
you're going to look like you're forcing it. It's like, he, here's my joke. Yeah, yeah. You know what uh, I mean? There you go. Because I'm waiting for my moment. Exactly. Instead just of just talking. Just say it. Exactly. Instead of just experiencing it as it goes. Which is what you would never do like in a bar if you're having pints. Like you would actually just talk. Depends and who you be natural. Exactly. 100%. <laughs> but I, I totally, I sit there all night. Just, no, I don't. Just, just waiting, waiting to get your joke off. And, like, <laughs> and then that's the time he thought they were up one and didn't throw it in the no JR Smith. Like whatever. And everyone's like, Clay, we were talking about that like 43 minutes ago. <laughs> I'm like, you just totally took a breath though. Yeah. This was my moment. But J.R. Smith, okay. But J.R. Smith, but that was funny, right? Yeah. Like, and then you saw LeBron, he was like, <laughs> LeBron, he was like, totally. I waited the whole night for that. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's the hundred, ep- that's the benefit of doing a hundred yeah. together. I, I rhymed through it at the beginning, you know, between the live show in January and then JFL and the show and then the other pod and then having kids because, you know, life wasn't enough. <laughs> um, you're right at the finish line now, right before the, the holidays. Yeah. Is it a bit of a power down for you all? Do you have, do you have any more press related uh, to this? Yeah, I'm doing one one more thing. For, I'm actually wearing TV makeup right now. I don't normally yeah. roll like this. Uh, but although you're people keep saying handsome. today, like, you're glowing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> dad life's been so good to you. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, no, I've got TV makeup on. <laughs> Maybe I should always have a, a makeup person set me up And like I just this. didn't take it off. No. no. Well, that's it. Well, there's the thing. If I get the wipes and wipe it down, mm-hmm. then I'll be like, all blotchy and stuff yeah. so I'm like I just gotta keep it on I, and also I'm kinda like I kinda wanna go to the bar now I look yeah. great but uh, the uh, I gotta go home to my wife and kid uh, but um, yeah I got a little bit more a little bit more talking about the show which is great because we want people to watch it yeah. and subscribe to Crave and we hope that they like it and we hope we get to do another eight we, hope we get to do another thousand because yeah. we love doing it so we are winding down in the sense that it's like we can't do anything more to the show. Mm-hmm. It's closed captioned, it's cut, it's locked, it's mixed. It is go- it's gone to the crave people and then it will just show up at midnight on Thursday, this Thursday. Uh and so there's not much more to do, but now we're like what if people review it and they're like mm-hmm. nobody wants to watch people talk for 20 minutes, you know, or 45 minutes in 2018 or you know, you don't know if they're going to be negative about it or positive about it. So there's a little bit of that, but the reason that that I don't lose sleep over that is because the three of us are super proud of what we've done. Yep. We stand by it and at the end of the day it's like we did our best and we think it's we we're proud of it. And so we hope people dig it and enjoy hanging out with us and that's all you can really do at this point. But yeah, like the bulk of it's behind us. So at this point it's like what are you going to do? It's like Crack a beer and chill. Exactly. I I, uh, I had a mentor once tell me he was it was for writing, but he said every time you're finished, you're putting a message in a bottle and you're throwing it to sea. Yeah. He's like you can't do anything with it now. Once it's gone, yeah. Just let it go, and people will love it or people will hate it. But it's all based on something you've already done. What are you doing next? And I don't want to put that pressure on you. What you're doing next? But as you go through the press for it all. Is it weird being on the other side? Because I imagine some of the interviews <laughs> that you've had have like the person's kind of been in junket mode promoting their thing or, or, oh, yeah. or whatever. And now you're like, I'm in junket mode. This is odd. I've, I won't ask you questions. I've been saying that like uh, there was that clip that came. I don't know if you guys saw it, but basically when Lady Gaga was promoting um, A Star is Born, she, I guess like in every country, every territory, every interview would tell this anecdote where she's like, you know, a million people can tell you that you're not right for a part, but it only takes one. And this beautiful soul, and she points to Bradley Cooper, who's done, he does all the junkets with her, yeah. right? He goes, it only takes one. And this beautiful man said that to me, but they did a super cut. Of, of her telling the story like 30 times. And so I remember when I saw that a couple weeks ago, I know people do that. There was like a Vin Diesel clip years ago when he worked with Sidney Lament that someone did that. And I know that that's what people do at Junkets. Mm-hmm. And, but I remember giggling at the Lady Gaga clip cause I'm just like, Ooh, I'm like, she's performed like it's, she yeah, does yeah. it pitch perfect every yeah, time. So yeah. it's so performative. And then I found when I was doing like these the, the press last week and we were talking to like something like 12 outlets or something like that. I found I ended up saying the like when they're like, so Max is a producer. What's he like? I would tell the exact same anecdote. And I went, oh, my God, I've become Lady Gaga. But it's it. But it works. It's like it's effective and you get it down tight. And it's just like it's what I said at the social. And the ladies are like, ha, 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 ha. I'm like, well, I'll just do that everywhere. I'll then. do it on E-Talk. Exactly. It works 100%. Uh, it, I, you can appreciate why comedians don't want people having their phones exactly. in the audience because you're they're like no 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 this is if I get this right I need to run on this for a year to pay my bills yeah like, like go go easy on me be nice to me totally totally 
So December 31st, or no, December 21st, 31st, yeah. I'm jumping hey, the gun watch already. it whenever you want. December 21st, then 22nd, then 23rd. Just let then, it run. Then, hey, Christmas Eve, why not? We need those streams for season eight, two. Are they- I have kids, man. Eight, you said 45, are they 45 minute episodes? Uh, they vary. So I think like the shortest one is like 38, maybe the longest one's probably like 45. Was that neat to work within uh, the ability to kind of cut to- to the comedy, cut to our, the length? Uh, yeah, our rule was always like, even if we do, say say our opening, right, mm-hmm. where the three of us are on, this, on the set in the studio, say we do 35 minutes or 40 minutes straight of just us like riffing. We're like, fucking kill your babies, man. Get it down to the tightest 12 minutes. Because yep. it's like, you, you know, we're asking a lot of people to spend 45 minutes with us and watch our TV show. So it's like, we're not going to, we don't want to give them the bloat. It's like, give... Just get down to the best 12. And that, that means being a little bit ruthless because it means that like, oh man, I had the best joke at that minute, but we need a full five minute story Completely. for us to score those three laughs. So it's like, do we sacrifice the three laughs because the five minutes isn't as good as those three laughs are worth? You're constantly doing this fucked up math, you yeah. know? And then you're like, yeah, this this 12 is the tightest yeah. and the most cohesive. Because then all of a sudden we're like talking about the wedding we went to like the week before, which is great, but it takes so long to get, you know what I mean? It. Yep. So you make then those. You have to lose it. So or you lose part of the story. You got it, hundred yeah. percent. And then it's like, yeah, it's like, why are they talking about a wedding now? It's like, well, that didn't connect to that because we had to drop this part yep. of the story. So in that sense, it's like it's been a learning curve. And I will say that as the eight went on, we got so much tighter at being like, ah, we're gonna get to here, we're gonna get to here, and then it was like we got it. Whereas we were kind of searching in the first three or four, you know. And I don't, I don't think they rolled them out in the way that we. I know Stig and Shaggy, we definitely did first. That mm-hmm. was episode one. Um, and that will be episode one on Crave. Mm-hmm. But then I think they they jumped like Jared Kiso up to episode two, and he was back end. He was like six, I think maybe. Interesting. So like you'll see you're, I mean, this is kind of insider, but like, so you'll be like, Oh, Exclusive. like, yeah, they're like, they're super comfortable there. And then all of a sudden you'll be like, uh, it's like, Oh, that Leon Bridges episode seems a little weird. It's like, well, it was the episode, it was the second episode, you know, yeah, not that the Leon Bridges episode is weird. It was great. It's good for you guys, I guess, in a way, because you get someone who's kind of impartial to the project, right? To choose the ordering. We did, we did a lot of peeling back of the onion in the raw recordings too. Like meaning like this is, this is episode number two. We would right. reference a lot and that Oops. all got pulled because <laughs> they wanted, they pulled it because they were like, they were, Don't. they were like, uh, they were like, um, we don't know what order they're going to do it in. Yeah. So like when we shot the finale, we were like, this is the finale. Well, what was my joke? Oh, after we were done shooting the principal photography for the series, everybody was like, so like, what do you think? I was like, oh, it was exciting to shoot my first ever series finale. Like meaning we won't get a season yeah. two. People, people, uh, people enjoyed that joke. Anyway, so we were like, it was a learning curve. And yeah, I mean, the one thing that Max has kind of said constantly is throughout this whole process is like um, he loves like uh, PTI and like mm-hmm. Kornheiser and those guys. And he was listening to a Conan O'Brien co- uh, podcast and he was saying that like anyone that ever does a show, especially a show like this, where it's like kind of a talk show mixed with a variety show, you know, Shane's doing comedy. I'm trying to do these in-depth sort of like sit down long form interviews. He's like Max is smiling. Max, <laughs> Max is great. And, and honestly, he was a great producer. And, and I, we always joke, but it's like, he actually, he brought a lot. And he was on tour while Shane and I were sort of getting in there with the editors and everybody. Too, wasn't he? Yeah. But he would send notes. He would look at all the raw cuts and then he would be like, drop my story here. He's like, I don't, you know, tighten there. Whereas like some people would be like, I want to talk more here. You know what I mean? It's like, he'd be like, no, I don't think I'm getting there quick enough. And so we always had good notes. And yeah, we were just like really, um, I don't know where I was going with this. Something about Max. Great. And yeah, I was going uh, somewhere Max with it. Max was great. You know, Shane, he's awesome. Yeah. Mike, handsome as ever. <laughs> we, uh, oh, making a talk show. Conan O'Brien. Uh, thank you for triggering that. Mike is as handsome as ever. Right. Now my brain's Conan back O'Brien. on track. I'm as funny as all of those. Yeah, no, no I'm not funny. The Shane's the funny one on our show. I'm just there to play point Lies. guard and pass the ball around. Um, but Max's main point was that Conan was like, we didn't even get good until like our 100th episode or something like that. It took us two seasons. We've only done eight. Mm-hmm. God, we we can't wait to do another eight or something else that's creative. If, if it's not right. this, on to the ne- the next thing. Just as long as it's fun and fulfilling, and, and at any rate, I'm just like happy that we like I got eighties. Like I got a TV show, like eight TV, eight episodes. It's awesome. It's amazing with huge, huge guests. You know. So, are you going to get like a hard copy? Do you think for yourself? Because we're of uh, the age where hard copies like a stuff. DVD. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No one's mentioned that. I don't know if that's in the budget. You could just do it. Well, maybe if Shane didn't grab that $300 shirt off the rack, <laughs> they would have gave us some fucking DVDs, but we blew the, the the wardrobe budget. If there's anything I've learned about the Champagne Boys, you guys work hard, but you also party hard. <laughs> uh, I understand on the weekend. 
Uh, you guys had your animal pu- uh, a- animal. An- well, it was that too. <laughs> it was your animal pub animalistic crawl. annual yeah. pub crawl. Yeah, annual pub crawl. The Twelve pubs of Christmas. Holy smokes! Through, we actually did thirteen this year too. Through through the uh, beautiful streets of Hamilton. You got it. How'd it go this year? Uh, it was uh, it was a trip, man. I don't know if it's because a bunch of dudes have kids. One of our friends has a kid on the way, but guys were like, all their eggs were in that basket on Saturday <laughs> night. Like everyone was like, this is our night, and uh, it was just it. Was, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, I don't, if people follow along on, on, on social media, like we were going into pubs, they'd have like, you know, like there'd be a bar band setting up, but it was still kind of early because we started at six. And so like, by you know, your dad's when, oh my yeah, God, we started at six, we were done by 10, 15. This was, well, I wish that was the case for us. We were still went to like one thirty, uh, but we were just legless, but like you go into bars and there'd be like a couple with their, you know, they get like a keyboard up there and then Max would just wander on stage and then he's doing the song from a stars born. There was like a bar band and then Max is just like, Oh, is that a guitar? And it's like, you know, in Hamilton, Max is a golden boy, Arkells. So like, here, <laughs> is that a guitar? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that I've old thing. I've never seen one of these yeah. before. And, but then we're jamming. Yeah. And then we're jamming and it was like, it was just fun, but we were all ready. Like, yeah, it was, it is the, the funnest thing that we do for the holidays in like, like I think four years now, the last bar that we hit to is this bar called five star in Hamilton. And it's like, uh, it's a lot of interesting characters. It is a, it is a bar that uh, I guess I use the word dive. Like beers are like three or four bucks. So the, the dudes that hang in there are like older, gruffer, sort of like a salt to the earth Hamiltonians, mm-hmm. you know. And since we've been doing this now, this is our fifth year doing it. They now anticipate us at some point between like December 10th and December 24th. Rolling in. And the minute we walk in, they all rip their shirts off because we take our shirts off. And I, I know this is an audio uh, thing right now, but because you guys are in the room, I'm just going to show you a photo right now. This would, this would, sum up what happens at, at five star like some of these guys aren't even in our crew they just get so excited every year the minute we walk in jesus that's <laughs> a lot of skin it's a oh gem. that's beautiful that was from 2016 i don't even know if any of these men are, are with us anymore i don't know how well they live <laughs> they take care of themselves but they luckily look, the champagne boys are all still here <laughs> they look like they're re- living life real well yeah real real well adam birchill i saw decided to do a rendition of um uh, it was a rage against the machine rage against song the machine. yeah thank you yeah. you know what's brutal about that is i got so much funny footage shane was doing footage everybody was filming stuff for like the mike how much instagram yeah. i somehow missed the nut performing that damn song i wanted to put it on our instagram i only saw it, it the next it on day someone's oh no it made it on our, our buddy felix's i think oh. and maybe even Virgil put it up but somehow i didn't get it because i was at the back of the bar like we were like you know busy there was, there was 26 drinks. of us right so we're back there getting our <laughs> getting well the thing is it's like a snowball too it starts with like 12 but then you start building guys yeah. as they go and so when it was a cover band playing in that bar the bar's called absinthe and then I guess when they were doing that rage song and Birchall's up there stomping around and screaming, I didn't know until after it was like done because I'm like, you know, doing my drinks or whatever. And I was like, that was Birchall. And then when I saw it the next day, I was like, this is hilarious. But he killed it. I think everyone should aspire to be uh, part of the pub crawl, the Champagne Boys drink pub responsi- crawl. Drink responsibly, kids. 100% yeah. and play good music. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so somewhere between the 10th of December to the 24th, make sure you're just wandering the streets of Hamilton. It'll be a Saturday. Um, you'll be able to find them out on a Saturday night December 21st I won't get it wrong that time Crave TV sign up subscribe watch you can just do it at midnight you know you might as well you get it out of the way before the holidays and then allows you to reflect on it share it with your family over the holidays yeah no one likes a gift better than the gift of good television share a subscription with your friends Watch it again. Yeah, share passwords. Yeah, we don't care how you get it. No, 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 don't you? Well, you can share, I guess you can actually, but for the sake of Crave, definitely subscribe. Maybe yes. give your dog a subscription for the holidays as well. <laughs> as we like to wrap things up, or as we start wrapping things up for myself, from Mike Veerman, uh, Mike on much. Holy shit! I can't wait to see the show when it comes out. From Dylan, who's operating the levels. From Luca, who does the edit, and Sean and Charlotte, who obviously help produce. Uh, everyone, please, please, please. Be good to yourself. Say it, Mike. Say it. And unlike the patrons of Five Star, who clearly don't eat their vegetables, please do eat your vegetables. And drink smart over the holidays. Thanks, brother. Now you have to keep in the Five Star story or else that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) 